welcome to the Confidence Mastery podcast. I'm with my amazing mum, Paula Bailey, also known as Paula. <laughs> this is an extra, extra special episode because it is episode 149 um, and is part of our three-year birthday um, extravaganza because we're going to be doing two special episodes with mum, also known as Paula, um, around this. Now, I thought it would be really beneficial to do this podcast from our development site, Whammel Court, and talk about the process that we've been through, because actually this process started before the podcast began, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, wow, over three years, it's actually been over four for this development. Crazy. Crazy. So when, when you think about the, this development is older than my podcast. <laughs> um, what I really wanted to do um, today is, one, let the listeners get to know you a bit more. Because, oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> because you are one half of the team. Yes. And we do a lot of work together. And there's a few things I want to ask you. Now, we did do an episode before um, in Barbados. But a lot of the questions that I get asked are, what's it like working with your mum? (laughs) And what do you say? I say, (laughs) it's a lot easier now than it used to be. Because obviously in the beginning we were fresh to business together. We didn't know who was doing what. Yep. Um, but now we found each other's roles. So I'm going to ask you, what's it like working with your daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think a little bit, as you've just said, it's not without its challenges. And I think that's something we've managed to overcome through time. Part of that was, like you said, when we were fresh into this, we were doing things together, we were overlapping on stuff, and over a little bit of time, things then naturally fell into place. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like we didn't know that we had different skill sets, um, but we do. We're very different people, actually, in personalities, even though there is as much closeness and as, as there actually is. So the skill sets, though, and, and then life experiences have been entirely different to, to kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. So, of course, because we are so close, that obviously brings additional challenges because of the proximity of the working relationship as well. So I don't think there's a one-word answer for what's it like working with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's huge benefits to doing so. When we decided developments was what we wanted to do, part of that went into the fact that I didn't just want to build a legacy for my daughter. It was far better to build the legacy with my daughter. So, um, yeah, there's not not a one-word answer. But I, I would prefer to be working with you than not. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so what tips and advice would you give to people looking to work with someone in their family? And whether that be mm. son, daughter, um, husband, wife, partner. Because 
I think there's a lot of overlap in what we do and how how we work as a family. What tips would you give to people to help them with that? I think that you, you kind of got to find yourself... Think of the relationship to start with, not just the business, actually, because otherwise one could take over and affect the relationship if it isn't managed right. So I think as kind of fell that way, but we could potentially have done more sooner to have just defined the roles. Mm -hmm. um, I'll come back to that because there was part of a reason we on purpose didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're looking to work with a member of your family, whether it one or more, I would say to carve out time that is still family time, as well as working on for the business and what it is you all do best, and then sort of pick up the reins under your skill sets. Um, when we first started out, there was a lot of going to places together, um, and there's a huge benefit to that. And one of the reasons we did it, and we did it for so long, was because actually we are a partnership, and we wanted to get known as that partnership. Mm -hmm. So the Baileys, the Baileys, you know, <laughs> um, how you know, the feedback has come. That's how we are known, the Baileys. Yeah. And part of that was done because we went out together. Yeah. And networked together and, and, and did learnings actually together. So people know us as a partnership and then when they pick up with us separately, they still know that, but then they're dealing with us for our skill sets. Yeah. And then always ask about the other person. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah. 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 Well, it's nice though. It's nice. And you said you'd come back to one thing that made us define which roles were best. How, how would you describe how we did that? Well... What I was coming back to was why we did things together. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think what we broke that pattern, actually, um, because of you being backwards and forwards from the UK and Mallorca, you stayed in Mallorca longer. Mm -hmm. So we broke the pattern. And even though we already knew what the skill sets were, it then meant we had to follow them, <laughs> you know, and get on with the stuff that you could do remotely. Yeah. Um, and obviously I did the stuff that I could do from here. And whether that was sort of coming to site or going to see people um, or you doing stuff, whether it was media or spreadsheets and numbers, it was what what has to fall into its correct place but yeah. also the other thing that we do and I would recommend this to anyone is don't just leave it to the other person there's got to be the checks and balances that go across um, it's, it's it, but it also right. it's but yeah exactly it's not it's not just a check it's just like we're going forward on this together so we want to make sure that this right for you, this right for you? Yep, good, now we can move. It's a bit like Alfie Besson, don't trust anyone. Yes, <laughs> but check me. Do you trust your mum? <laughs> yeah, of course, she's my mum. <laughs> don't. <laughs> but actually, being able to know and understand 
the bits that each other does so that we can check it yeah makes things a lot smoother um and and then like two eyes on something like you'll pick up on something i've missed and i might pick up on something you've yeah. missed yeah um especially but, proofreading <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's particularly important if you're working on like this is a multi-million pound project there's so many facets to it that one person alone i mean we've obviously got a great team around us as well one person alone that's that's a hefty burden on on shoulders yeah um and even sometimes if you know there's a listening ear that's going on you're not shouldering absolutely everything mm -hmm. it's a significant project um but yeah, it's a lot of weight in one area if it was just left without without even having an ear. Yeah. Well, that's why we have the mastermind and the club to help people have the support that they need if they are a solo business owner so that they're not just left alone to, you know. Well, that was it. It's quite lonely, isn't it? Exactly. It's quite a lonely thing when we, when we started out on that. I mean, I left the corporate world and you know found myself working at home by myself and that that was quite lonely yeah um it took me a while to work out what was going on what it was exactly. and what it was um and then exactly that for the people that are around our table on the mastermind being a lonely journey is something they've all said mm -hmm. and now they don't feel it so much no they don't actually and it's I think it just shows how prolific it can be if you're embarking on an entrepreneur life. So, yeah, you, you do need people around you somehow. And the, the, yeah, and the right people, making sure it's the right people going to lift and inspire mm. you and support you. Um, At least for us working together, and that's why it's that people have to go very, very careful for employing people um, and and why it can take so long to actually do that because you've got to get the right fit mm -hmm. to bring them into your business at least with family you already know that person you know the good and the, the bad, good and the the bad and how <laughs> how they're going to be yeah um i know it can still differ when you get sort of i guess the pressure of a project on but you you've still got years of knowledge of someone yeah yeah so one of one of the things that seems to come up a lot with conversations i have is where do you find a good business partner mm. and i just went with mum <laughs> <laughs> so that was really easy for me but when it comes to like in terms of other things as you said there, it's about the relationship and mm. maybe not going in with the idea of looking for a business partner, yeah. but figuring out who they are, what they're like, or like through a number of different people. And then there might be something that comes up, like Gerald Vatnall friends. Exactly that. And that came from a period of knowing him from 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, goes back to us taking a leap of faith and going to the Cayman Islands and doing that mastermind. Yeah. So it all, it all kind of feeds in. But I don't think 
jumping into a partnership because you met them on a training course is necessarily the right thing to do. Um, and then, well, we know people that have done it and it hasn't really lasted, but if you spend enough time first and get to know people, just because they've all sort of ended up in a room and you look like you're going to be on the same path, it doesn't mean doesn't. you know them enough to actually have a business partnership with them. But I'd say as well, you know, because we, we looked at joint venturing with people a while ago and when we were doing that, we looked at all of that with who's going to do what and sort of drawing up like our heads of terms under that exact heading. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we didn't go forward that, with that particular joint venture, but that was, that was because the property wasn't purchased, not because of, of any of the, that relationship. But it's all part and parcel of depending what you're stepping into, thinking wider than, than just that moment. It's down the line. Down the line. <laughs> How things might pan out down the line. Because yeah. we've been on a lot of courses. Well, we have. <laughs> but not the kind of course junkie kind of people that then never do anything. Because you think back to like the first property course you ever did. How many people in that room? Oh, it was jammed. Um, and how many people are doing anything? It was jammed, yeah. So then when you think that we're now at the tail end of a 30-unit development, I've never even bought a house before, and the first thing that we buy together is a 20,000-square-foot <laughs> decommissioned care home. Um, I think that goes to show that anybody can do anything with the right support and training, and the right mindset, though, because something that we've said a lot recently is how we took on this project, but at no stage did we feel phased by it. Mm -hmm. At no stage did we go, that's a 20,000 square foot building. That's 30 units. Yeah. We haven't done a development of that scale. So, but no, we weren't phased because also we knew we were working with the right people. Exactly. And that started with also the right planning consultant, mm -hmm. you know, and it all kind of stemmed from there and good recommendations for the people that we've worked with throughout. Yeah. And I like to get recommendations from people that have actually worked with the people mm -hmm. so that you can see results. And I mean, otherwise, it's just like ask it, you know, you know, Dave down, Dave the, down pub. the pub. <laughs> Famous Dave. Famous Dave down the pub. <laughs> he knows everyone and everything. <laughs> but doesn't always work. And I think, like, like not being phased by the, the size of this mm. project and the numbers is because it, it's just numbers. It's numbers on a spreadsheet. Whether <clears> it's <throat> got five zeros, six zeros, seven zeros, whatever... It's still just maths. It is. It is. I mean, it's still been a significant development, but I mean, we never wanted to do a house here and a house there. So a development is, was always the way, and we knew that. We knew that early on. Took us a while to work out why and what specifically we wanted to do with developments. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know the community intent was there. The I mean, and this 
actual this development actually lent itself really well to it. And it's a great spot in a great town and it's been very popular. So it's worked out very, very well. But yeah, I think you do need a certain amount of resilience for it. It still comes down to a lot of tenacity and and drive because a lot of people might not be phased, but they also might not have the ability because it's a, it's a roller coaster something of a journey. Something goes wrong. What what would you say to people that are looking to do? It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> but what would you say to people who are looking to do stuff like this mm. to help them build the resilience and the right mindset? Because that's obviously come from time with us. This is what would your tips, <laughs> what would your tips be? Obviously, there's loads of tips from me on this podcast, but on this birthday special, I think there's more. I think there is still a side to educating yourself, yeah. um, because. In, and it's not about the sitting in the classroom because we have sat in the classroom. We've done courses on commercial conversions. But it's still very, very different when you're doing it. When you learn so much more from, I think with anything actually, from the doing it than the learning mm-hmm. about it. The hands-on stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that is me most of the time. It's like, show me how to do it. I literally, physically, show me how to do it and I'll follow it from there. Yeah. Um, but, sort of, but understanding the, the underlying principles of all sorts of things is, is what's going to help. And working alongside the right people is, is pretty key. And having the right people around you, they, there's, there's a reason they say your network is your net worth. And I think that covers several levels. It's not, it's not about just the finance of the people that have around you. It's, it's the knowledge and what they bring to you. So it's quite literally back to that mastermind group that, you know, every month we pull together. It's that same energy mm-hmm. and drive that, that brings that together. So... And desire to want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a mindset and it is a it is a drive, but it's a desire and I think for goodness sake have a bit of passion about what you want to do. Because if it isn't if there isn't and it's only about numbers or end profit or something, there's something lost in that. Mm-hmm. There's only so much, well, I was going to say, there's only so much money you can spend in a day, but... (laughs) Well, well. (laughs) I don't think it's only about money, though. Obviously, money matters, and, you know, like, I mean, it matters that there's a certain amount of um, profit in a scheme for the bank to lend in the first place. So, of course, it matters from a numbers point of view, but there's far more to doing what you do for like I you know I've said this a lot recently there's nothing that I do that feels like work and I feel very fortunate for that Mm -hmm. because there's so many people that hate hate their everyday or they dread a Sunday night and I'm really fortunate that that's not a space I'm in but part of that is because I'm loving what I'm doing 
And when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work at all. And then life becomes happier. Yeah. It's like being here, you know, obviously some of these properties now... The lights are coming on. uh, The the lights have come on. (laughs) Some of the properties are occupied, giving people the keys to their new homes and knowing you created that home is... It's very rewarding... Uh, you know, it's, yeah, have, have some passion for doing what you're doing. What would you say to people that don't know what they're passionate about? Because it's something I get asked a lot as well. Mm. Keep trying new things until you find it. Sort of. That's why so many people end up job hopping. Mm-hmm. Because they're not happy. And a lot of people, actually, I saw an article on this recently about people being criticised for only having a short period of time in each job on their CV without recognising that most people, that they, they don't just leave a job, they, or they, leave, they leave a company or a manager or something. It, it is, it's far more ingrained than that. They're not happy and they've actually done the right things for themselves to leave, to leave. Yeah. Um, and, and move on. And I think a lot of people, I mean, you did it. You, you, you don't just, not, not everybody, for example, grows up knowing that they want to be a vet and becomes a vet mm-hmm. and lives a very happy life yeah. as a vet or on a farm. You know, it, it's, that's not the way for, for so many people. I was telling someone that the other day, actually, and how I was so adamant I was going to go to Oxford or Cambridge as soon as I hit sixth form, I was like, fuck this. Like, I did not know where I wanted to go, mm. what I wanted to do. Um, and despite being book smart and street smart, I just had to go through this phase and not try new things. Mm. Okay, I'll work there. Let me see how that, that is. And then I'll try that job. And then I tried that job. And... Then I tried that job and I thought, sod this, I went to Magnus. Along the way, you also found elements of stuff that you knew you did like, like the events um, management and stuff like that. And stuff where you're creative, that's part of your skill set. So it is a lot of trial and error. And you just kind of hope that people get opportunities where they can explore or... If they're in a job, try evening classes of different things or go to different seminars just to see if they really are interested in something that, that absolutely lights up. Um, <laughs> I took you to a seminar and it took until day three before the light bulb came on. <laughs> and you then were fired up and it, it sparked what was with it sparked you. for you what was within, within me, yeah. Where did you get your passion for wanting to do property? I think, I still haven't worked this out entirely, but I think that it stemmed back from previous employment that I had. Um, I actually worked for the Church of England and everybody knows how much land the church has. Mm-hmm. And we used to do... Um, we used to maintain a lot of buildings. We used to look after a lot of property. They had something like half a billion pound worth of assets. Um, and, that, and this is just the London 
um, London. London, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a very small part of London. And we, but we also did developments. We did a joint venture with the King's Cross Regeneration. Yeah. Um, we used to do things like, you know, vicarages often have like a whole mass of grounds. And we would do things like, you know, kind of cutting it in half and developing the other half. And we had one site which we brought down one property and put up another four in its place. And then the street scene came back to how it should have been in the first place. Yeah. And things like that, I think, had sparked my interest over time without me necessarily really realising how much it was interesting me or how much I'd learned and knowledge that I had little bits picked up along the way. That you've been able to put into this development. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about this development. So this lovely space we're sitting in now is one of 30 units. So we're sitting in a, one of the three beds. It's, it was a care home up until I think 2015, at which point it was decommissioned because they, it was no longer fit for purpose. So they actually built a new care home and, and moved all the residents uh, into a new space, um, which decommissioned this, but also kind of left it abandoned, <laughs> um, which it had been for quite some time. Thankfully, I mean, obviously, we weren't the only people that looked at it, and redevelopment was, was kind of written all over it, really. Yeah. I'm really pleased that we we were able to do what we want because of the community intent that we were originally looking for, and this lent itself so much to doing that. Um, anyone that's on, maybe on YouTube can see that, you know, there's a courtyard behind us, um, and the... I guess that communal space and there's areas where people can get together. And I was talking to a couple of the new residents even last week and they were sort of, you know, they have not been in very long, but they've settled, they're very happy. And they like the fact that it's in a peaceful space. And they said, you know, as the weather gets warmer and people come out more, they're looking forward to getting to know their neighbours better. And I was invited in for a cuppa. And it's like, you can't get much more of a community vibe than being invited in for a cuppa. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So this, this development, I think we said earlier, is a place, 20,000 square foot building. And it's taken four years to get here, but we've, we've kind of like dipped in and out with so many people the contractor that came along early on and his actual input with with there and the design and mm -hmm. then all the people that we've worked with since with the planning consultant um even he tipped in a design idea as well so that that's that's within and the the architects as well but we've we've also worked with some some really good professionals along the way. The project manager mm -hmm. has been, you know, involved for the the whole of the construction phase as well as now post construction. So it it's also this is the other thing I was saying earlier about it being more than just what you're getting in the seminar room or in the classroom. So yes, we did commercial conversion courses. 
But I've been involved in all sorts of other things with setting up help to buy and, you know, dealing with the agents and the lawyers and, and setting up a management company, you know, all of that because this development has grounds that need maintaining. Yep. So three, it wasn't just three courtyards. Three just courtyards, yeah, yeah. And then obviously the parking areas and such like. Yeah. So there's a lot here and a lot more involved than a project of converting from this building into this. Mm. It was so much wider. Yes. Um, and I guess the, the scope of this, this project or the scale of it has brought so much more in than even we anticipated it would, because it, in part because it's so big. So I'm going to ask you something that most people ask around the numbers, high level, obviously. We don't need to know the ins and outs, proper detail, but this is the kind of thing that people in property like to know. Um, would you like to share very high-level figures? We don't need to know like the, the proper pounds and pence, but like what we bought it for, about how much the build was, and what it was worth in the end. Um, I can't give a precise end because not every single one of them is sold yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is over six million. Um, we obviously purchased the property, oh, obviously. So with that, and then obviously there's all the professional fees that went involved, and then there's all of the, the and again, I can't give a precise figure on this because we haven't got the final account. Yeah. Um, there's several million involved in that as well. So we've got the, the build cost, the professional fees, and the um, the purchase price, which probably comes in at around about five million. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very expensive thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually also say that don't believe people that that say you can do this without your own money and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not true. Um, there's an awful lot. There's an awful lot of outlay. There's an awful lot of outlay before you actually get anywhere. Now, it, we, we back-ended an awful lot, or front-loaded. Front-loaded. Rather, yeah. sorry. We front-loaded an awful lot of our surveys early on, but that cost us hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. So it's a case of making sure that you're working with the right people, Getting investors on board that understand it, especially if we have to go through the planning process, which yeah, is what exactly. we did. We did the pre-app and, and full planning. Um, and making sure those are covered. But then we also then found that they wanted to know we had skin in the game. So whilst there are some yeah. things you can do with none of your own money... If you're going through the whole pl planning process, be prepared to spend money before you, you know, bef before you start build, before, even sometimes before you buy the building. Yeah, and we had, because obviously there was an awful lot of surveys that, that went into planning. We'd exchanged um, with a delayed completion. Mm. So that 
delayed completion was when we obviously went to town on more surveys yeah, and, and things story, like yeah. that. The good thing was that, I mean, we've had an incredibly good planning officer as well. And when we put in the when we put in the pre-app and then we had a visit on site here, she actually said to me, you've, you've produced so much documentation already, you've proved the scheme works. So that kind of showed it was worth doing yeah. all of that front-loading. Yeah. And then there wasn't that much that was then missing to go to the full yeah. planning application. Um, you know, and then like the other thing, of course, is don't expect it all to run to time. That yes. that planning permission was supposed to have come through. Uh, the date they gave us was March, and we got it six months later in September. Yeah. And that was that was their delays and their insistence. You know, so everything will always take longer than than you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something else you kind of need to budget for. Mm. In everything, like everything, what would what would you say would be the, your biggest learning from from this? Oh wow, the biggest. I mean, I know there's loads. There is, but oh, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, because there has been so many lessons, but even even to the extent where things haven't gone to time or things have gone wrong. I, th- I mean, maybe that is it. It's just, you've got to adapt. You've got to go with it because it's about the tenacity. It's about the, the drive and it's about the passion. And it's also about the ultimate. This is the difference between, I think, if you're doing something as a job and doing something as a business or, or for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll put in more effort and energy to something like creating our legacy that means more than if I was doing it as a job for somebody else. But I think having to sort of adapt and swerve and move and like that roller coaster, we got we got sent so many curveballs which we had to had to sort of <laughs> catch. <laughs> And then work our way around. But you're constantly adapting throughout. I don't think you can do something like this thinking it's just going to be a straight line. But I think as a learning, I I think I've learned there's going to be far more curveballs than I might have anticipated. Mm. But, I mean, maybe that's... A lot of that, for me, I am... I kind of have that personality where I can do that. I can just move, mm-hmm. move back, move to here, move to there. I used to do it with, with business. I was the head of HR and I used to go like managing, you know, different teams and, and different departments. And you'd go from one meeting to another and have to switch a hat for each one. Yeah. And that's what I continue doing. That's why this suits my skill set. This is why, you know, leading on the management of this project project works for me because I'm used to managing people and managing teams and having relationships with people is important and I I am good at that but I also can yeah I can go right different hat 
right, move on to that. Because <laughs> everybody is imp- everybody is important, as important. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's one thing, but yeah, that adaptability is uh, vital. Isn't vital. It? What's, been, what's been the thing that's given you the most confidence throughout this process? What you mean in me personally or yeah. in, the, in the process? In you personally. Excuse me. Come. <laughs> <laughs> no, this microphone is not working for some reason, but this one is, so we should be okay. <laughs> what's given me the most confidence? I think... On a personal level. Yeah, on a personal level, I think it is... It took... Yeah, I know. I think it's because... I'm hesitating to say it because you should have it, but it is Mm self-belief. And that's the same as not being phased for doing the scheme. There is just that innate belief that we can do it. Mm -hmm. And I have the skills, the ability, and the right people around me to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I've never once thought, fuck, we can't do that. No. No, and I don't think I have. I think, you know, it was I had more hesitation on should we or should we not go to Cayman rather than <laughs> <laughs> should we do a multi-million pound project? <laughs> I remember that because I thought... It's a big investment, but we should definitely do it because we're not ready. Well, like, I and, think, and I think that actually turned into us being ready because we were new. I think it was more a case of we were questioning whether we were ready, but actually it proved that we were. Yeah. Rather than... So I think maybe, maybe that was the tip as in the tipping the balance kind of thing that (coughs) made the going forwards just yeah that's what I want to do so that's what I'm going to do and that made it easier yeah because that's what I always say to people do it before you think you're ready Mm. because you'll find by going through that process that you are so much more ready than you think you are yeah and well you can procrastinate or what's the, way, what's the phrase? Analysis? Analysis. Paralysis, paralysis. Something along those lines. And it's like, well, you can spend so much time, and we did over other things, which turned out to proving that they were not the things we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas this, it was diving in and literally being all over it. Yeah. Because I loved it. Yeah. And you're never going to find that out unless you go and do something. Mm-hmm. And I, like... I, I often think about if we hadn't gone to Cayman twice, mm. um, obviously once was in Dubai, one, what would we be doing? We wouldn't have had the same level of support. We wouldn't have met the, those people. Yeah. And to be honest, that's partly why I love running the masterminds and the retreats. Yeah. Because I think the benefit it's had for us. Mm. And then when I see people working together things happening, them supporting each other and knowing that they're excited. Yeah, that and reminds collaborations me how... can come out of that and it, it does provoke a lot of excitement and 
Yeah, and that's how we did what we did. And that, it reminds me of how we were. So for us to then be able to help people... Give that same experience. Give them that same experience. Like, I can't wait for a Mallorca retreat. Because mm -hmm. I've wanted to do a Mallorca retreat since I did my PT training. Ah. Um, so obviously the first one we did in the UK is travel bollocks. <laughs> We've done... The Barbados retreat was... It was such a good... Event's not the right word, but, but the week went so well yeah. it was an exceptionally good experience for well us running it and the people there yeah it's you know i mean we enjoy the the, the monthly masterminds yeah. but yeah there's something so much more holistic about being the taking yourself away somewhere physically inspiring. away to work on you and your business. Um, that makes such a difference. But it does, because if you try and do everything whilst you're still just trying to live your life each day, and you've not taken yourself out of that, mm -hmm. to really work on, what do I want? And I love seeing people like get the light bulbs mm -hmm. going. And what like do I want? Yeah. What fires me? Yeah, and that's what, that's what I mean. It reminds me of what we did. Mm. Um, and if we can do that and we can do this development and, you know, show our investors rounds and, like, have great conversations, then anybody can do anything. Yeah. So what's... I mean, obviously, I know the answer to this. <laughs> do I? <laughs> but it's obviously for people watching, for people listening. What's the next thing for the babies? Well, we've got to do more developments. More development. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on a mission to find the next one, get that secured. So whether it's new build or whether it is, again, converting a disused building and bringing it back to life. So ultimately, we're creating new, much needed, actually. This country is not building enough houses so we're creating much needed new homes and there's something very fulfilling mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. There was something amazing about handing over keys to people here for their new home. And then seeing them walking around and like enjoying it. And yeah. it's just like, it's quite heartwarming, isn't it? It really is. It really is. So yeah, many more developments, hopefully many more, but no, next, no hope but next, <laughs> another development. Yeah. I think if I was to choose, I would like to do a complete new build next, yeah. as opposed to a conversion, but I, I would be happy to do either because it's ultimately creating the homes that we want to create. Yeah. So if you could give people one tip on building their confidence, what would it be? Probably join your mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> nice little yeah, love it. <laughs> no, I think, well, I mean, yes for the support. So that, that sort of was, that was not entirely ingested. Obviously it's the people around and what, what we can do for them is, is one thing, but just try it and you will gain confidence by doing. 
actually. Mm-hmm. And the more you surround yourself with the doing, the easier and the, the better it will, that it will become. But it does come down to working with the right people. And that depends on, that's, that's twofold, whether, it, whether you're talking about, say, the professionals that you're working with on I'm your business, yeah, yeah. or whether it's working with coaches or, or mentors, you've still got to have that level of support. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that we have found as well, they don't even have the support at home from their partners for what they want to do. Yeah. So they need that input from elsewhere to be reassured they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And what they want to do and what they want to grow. Yeah. And they're not wrong for wanting that. Definitely not. And before we bring this to a close, you've gone from massive corporate environment to working for yourself. Mm-hmm. What tips would you give to people for, for doing that and, and making that change? And because <laughs> I know that it's something that does come up a lot. It does, and that's, I mean, it, there, there is a whole transition period, I think, that goes in from, if you think about it, if you're in a corporate world, you've got a routine, you, you, you get up, you go to work, like, you, you know, you, you commute, whatever that is, you have your lunch hour, break, whatever it is, you will, there'll be a stop for food, and then you'll be leaving whatever time you leave. There's a whole chunk of routine to this. Mm-hmm. And when people think, oh, I don't, I, you know, I want to leave, I want my freedom, I want this, that and the other. I think the initial thought is, it's so I can do what I want, when I want. Whereas actually, you'll achieve so much more if you maintain some routine. <laughs> Discipline gives you freedom. It does, because I didn't do that for a while. And I would find one day drifting into the next and into the next, mm-hmm. because there wasn't a structure to the week. Mm-hmm. All the days and planning the whole week ahead, knowing what's definitely in there, what's you know, like my personal training is is in as like that's it, that's when it is, mm-hmm. and therefore the gaps are elsewhere. That's when I can feel. Yeah. So that's what I mean about keeping a routine in. And someone once said to me, like, if you so if you if you give up your job, then obviously you either need to know you can back yourself because life costs money, mm-hmm. or you've done it to the extent that you have additional or multiple income coming from elsewhere to back you. Yeah. Um, but then if you're just working for yourself, maintain, even get up and walk to your local coffee shop, buy your coffee and come back in the morning mm-hmm. just to start your day. Yeah rather than just walking down the stairs and sitting at, at your desk or whatever. And then you're not getting enough steps in every day. And you don't get the steps in, but you also don't get natural daylight unless you go outside. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that's actually involved with your day-to-day that will help your mental health as well as your physical health and your business. And I think if you spend time working on those three things every day, you're going to have far much more chance of success. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) What does, on a final note, what does confidence mean to you? I 
I think it comes down to self-belief again. It's just that, um, yeah, knowing that there's an ability, I, I can do, I can, yeah. I can. I can, I will, I am. <laughs> I can. Even if you're scared and you're a bit like, oh. but ultimately, no, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing what you shared on our special birthday episodes today. <laughs> Thank um, you. I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. In fact, I know they will. Um, I have one final question. No, we've already finished. No. <laughs> Are you looking forward to flipping the switch on the next episode? <laughs> 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 Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, no, I'm scared. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Send your screenshot that you have downloaded and listened to this episode to team at nastyarabella.com or on any of the socials so that we can gift you our four-part The Circle of Confidence video series and you will also be entered into a competition Ooh. to win Ooh. either three months in the Confident Entrepreneurs Club or you will be able to join us um, for a day on our mastermind, which will absolutely blow your mind too. <laughs> so don't forget, screenshot your um, download of this episode and of tomorrow's episode to team at nastyarabella.com and we will see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Bye.